29 Real Talk with um, in dealing with mental health, 19 ways to cope with COVID-19. We're going to just have an open discussion here. My name is Dr. April Brown. I'm one of the therapists at Cape Coral Therapists, um, and I have a group of my therapists with me. We're so, so excited that you are here to join us. Um, during the time, you may be hear a little beep, um, and that means I'm just adding people on into the waiting room. And so um, if you hear that beep, that's, that's what that means. If by any chance um, you um, do not want your face to be shown or um, you don't want anyone to know that you're participating, please um, take your video off. And also with some of on Zoom, there's also a place where you can do your name and you can change that, okay? Because it is being recorded and it is live. All right, but first, um, before we get started, I really would like to introduce a variety of therapists that are with us. Um, as, as you guys keep hearing, we have so many people joining us. We're up to 10 now, which is great. So um, let me go back and start to introduce the therapists that are with us. Um, as I said, first, my name's Dr. April, and I'm one of the therapists here. Also, first, I have Elizabeth Martin. Hello. Glad to have you here. Yes, yes. And Elizabeth, what do you specialize in? Uh, my main area of focus is addiction and substance use disorder. Um, but however, I do work with anxiety, depression, couples counseling, um, you know, at just whatever I can do to help people improve their lives and feel better. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. And next we have Jessica with us. Hi. Hi, Jessica. And Jessica is one of our um, licensed counselors here in the Cape. And so Jessica, what do you specialize in? Uh, yes, so um, I, my specialization is working with adolescents and women's issues. I do work with um, areas of anxiety, depression, but I definitely focus on women that have struggled or, or men that have struggled with narcissistic abuse relationships. I do also work with the Latino community and I provide um, psychological evaluations for immigration cases. Okay, welcome. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yes, and next I have with us um, Dr. Kelly Boucher. Yes. Hello. Hi, Kelly. So can you let us know who, uh, what you specialize in? I specialize in helping people with life stressors and anxiety, specifically sleep deprivation, sleep debt, and uh, overall mental health issues. I love to work with rebellious teenagers that are having a very hard time. Those people that uh, maybe other people don't enjoy as much. I, I love them. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yes. Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Also, we have um, David, Dr. David Hall. Hi, I'm Dave and um, I, I'm working with uh, anxiety and depression and couples primarily and I have a great interest in spiritual component of healing and uh, healing trauma in the past. So. Okay, welcome, yes. So those are all our therapists. I don't think I forgot anyone, hopefully not. Um, and yes, my name is Dr. April and I specialize in relationship intimacy and anxiety. So today we are going to just have a flowing discussion about how to cope with um, what's going on. And um, if you get to know us as therapists, we're just down to earth people. So if you have a question, if you have any kind of concerns, 
you just um, type it out or you can um, unmute yourself and we can go from there. Is that um, sounds good for everyone? Okay, good, good. So let's first start, start this off with um, Dr. Kelly. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, um, let's start off with you in the sense of um, helping us go through all these. So what are some of the things that you see are ways that we can cope with everything that's been going on? I think one of the number one ways that you can cope with things going on at any time in our life is to make sure that we have good sleep. Uh, for some of you that have struggled with sleep deprivation and sleep debt most of your life, you're like, what is good sleep? Well, there's things that you can do that will enhance your sleep. Number one, you wanna keep a good routine. Go to bed at the same time as much as possible. And keep in mind that any hour of sleep before midnight is equal to two hours afterwards. So finally, there are people that think they have insomnia, but if your body is registering two hours of sleep before midnight for every hour, that means if you go to bed at 9 p.m. and you wake up at 2 a.m., your body has already registered eight hours of sleep. It's saying, I have enough. So don't go to bed too early and go to bed at the same time as much as possible. Yes, well, great. That's one of the number one strategies is to get some good rest, which is difficult. I don't know about any of you guys. Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I can't really sleep because so much is on our mind and struggling with that. Yes. Yes, when you lay down, a lot of times those things keep coming and they're like ruminations. You replay your day. Don't mm -hmm. do it. Don't replay your day. It's done. There's nothing yes. you can do about it. Focus mm -hmm. on your breathing and go to sleep. Yes, definitely. And for some of us, it's almost feeling like, um, I don't know if you guys seen that movie Groundhog Day, and you wake up and you're like, <laughs> we're back in this again. Yes, yes. Um, one of the apps, I don't know if you guys use, is called Calm. Has anyone used Calm? Yeah. I haven't, but I should. Yes, yes, yes. Great. I think Elizabeth has used it. Yes, I recommend it highly to my clients as well. Um, you know, music, uh, even you can get a, I think that's one where Matthew McConaughey will read you a bedtime story. Sounds good to um, me. <laughs> yeah. So lots of different options on the call map. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Is it expensive? I believe it, you can get like a, um, a complimentary membership and then upgrade or something like that. It's been a while since I've been on there, but I think it does start out complimentary. Great. Yes. So Elizabeth, what else, what else um, are some other coping strategies that you can think of? My number one coping strategy is to make sure I get enough exercise. And um, that is my go-to. I am a really big runner. Um, I, I do exercise because it does release those natural endorphins. And um, those help with depression, anxiety, and it can even relieve some pain, physical pain. Um, and therefore, I um, um, am very diligent about getting some type of physical exercise on a daily basis. Um, it's been a little challenging with Lakes Park being closed right now and the parks and the beaches. However, um, you know, there's always an alternative, but the most important thing is to, um, you know, do it regularly and because of the benefits, um, you know, for the endorphins, um, it's good for weight, you know, control, um, but it's, it's very, it's a great coping technique for me. 
good, good, good. Just to let um, everyone know that if you have a question or concern, feel free to chime in. Because um, like I said, this is just a conversation. Um, we are just regular people like you guys. And so we're just sharing things that we have used. So definitely working out is definitely um, a great, a great way to do it. Yes. Yeah. So besides, um, some of us are stuck at home. We can't really, has anyone found any creative ways to work out? What about you, Dr. David Hall? Uh, workout's not my thing. <laughs> but friendship, friendship my, thing is, my thing is friendship. And, uh, you know, I'm finding myself, I'm calling people I haven't talked to in a year or two. Um, I'm, uh, I'm looking at uh, Facebook and I'm, I'm doing things with Facebook I've never done before. Um, I think the most important thing is make sure you're not isolated. People are at home. Maybe they're with their families, maybe they're alone, but being isolated, I think that's a, you know, that's a setup for anxiety and depression. And I think um, I'm, I'm just, um, I think this is a, I'm finding myself talking to people I haven't talked to in years and reestablishing and warming up to friendships. And I think that's really key. So. I did want to mention just now, um, there is an app called Fit On that will have that has yoga meditation i didn't mean to cut you off david um, um yoga meditation um you know some things that you can do at home um and you can download that app can you spell it f-i-t dash o-n fit on or f-i-t-o-n not f-a-t-o-n <laughs> <laughs> that's, that. that's the second version <laughs> My wife just got me a, a uh, an Apple Watch, and and oh. everything, every face on every possible face has the fitness stuff, and I'm like, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe I'll have to do one of these things. Yeah, definitely. So that was what strategy number three is fitness. Who was exercising? Yes, in fitness. Yeah. Um, and some people even say it really helps with, and that's something, but the medical people say it really helps with anxiety and depression. I think one thing that's very important to also take note of is that when we're talking about, especially during this time with um, the situation with the virus, um, stress is something that lowers our immune system and it makes us prone to and susceptible to acquiring um, sicknesses and illnesses. And so it's very important and, and to be able to not only be physically um, active to help relieve some of that stress, but also mentally and emotionally as we will continue to talk about. I know for me, specifically when it comes to the physical aspect, I was so used to going to the gym and it's not something that I have the access to. And it did take a lot of creativity and it's actually exposed me to a world that I never thought really existed and realizing that I can have, and I've actually had better workouts here at home than I've had um, at the gym. And so it's a way that I, I connect not only with my sister that's here from college and she's, she's trying to adjust to the fact that she's not where she expected to be during this semester, but um, it also is forcing me to get out of my comfort zone and challenge me in ways that I think I could. And one simple way to do this is also through YouTube. YouTube is super simple to navigate. People know what YouTube is and you can find all types of workouts, workouts that, that are pretty um, quick 
because people don't want to be on a treadmill for, for an hour or so. Um, I know I'm not the type of person to be on a treadmill for that long. It's called HIT workouts, H-I-T-T, -T, and they're 20-minute high-intensity workouts. You get them done in 20 minutes, and you're done for the day. So um, there's sure. just many different options. You know, another thing that um, I noticed for myself, um, they closed my tennis courts also, so I can't play tennis. I don't have a pool. And I thought, hey, why don't I find a vacant building? There's a lot of those that aren't being used right now. And play tennis against the wall like I used to when I was practicing my serve. So I grabbed my tennis balls, grabbed my tennis racket, drove over to the back of my church and started playing against the wall. And everything went pretty good until the cops came around and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what you're doing because they saw me drive to the back of the building and they wondered what I was doing. I'm like, just staying fit, officer. <laughs> yeah. So cool. you, got, you can do things that are a little bit different that you wouldn't think of. You just have to elasticize your thinking and not have it so fixed and say, okay, what can I do? What's another option? Right. And so Annette was saying, um, and actually I'm doing my countdown, it's um, two and three, which is David mentioned friendship. But Annette was saying that she needs a fitness partner so her and her sister talk, I'm assuming, all the time while they um, work out or walk around the block. Yeah, which is a good strategy. Um, Annette, you're welcome to say anything or if I said it correctly. But that is um, a great way of actually combining those two strategies is doing it with someone, even if you can't be in the physical present with someone, but doing something um, with them online or through the phone and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I unmuted myself just to add, um, my sister's in California, and so we have different time zones, so it kind of works out. But yeah, it's what's keeping me going with the exercise. Yes. So, yeah. Are you guys finding that you're exercising more than you have otherwise? Are you exercising more, Elizabeth, Jessica? I am, because I have a little more time on my hands. Um, you know, I am working from home now, but uh, I, I'm actually adding the bicycling in there. Um, and yes, it, it has worked to my advantage to have a little more time to be able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we're doing um, that adds on to number four is we're actually walking our cat a little bit. <laughs> I think animals... Animals are great <laughs> way of supporting. And so how's your cat liking that? Oh, she doesn't. She hates it. She, she hates, hates it with it. A, a passion. But we only like walk her outside on the patio and around the house. And if you let go of the, the leech, she'll run back to the front door. And so that gives us a, a, a little run too. We only do it like two times a day, but <laughs> But yeah, pets are a great, another strategy. Yeah, I don't know if any of you guys have pets. I do. And he loves walks. And he'll go on walks maybe three times a day. Um, but it's too hot, so I try to go early in the morning. So it forces me to get up and going. And then later at night as well. So it also helps me stay fit. Um, I bought a waist trainer band that I just slap on and it helps me burn calories. So I just try to take advantage of all the time that I can in between to stay active because reality is, is that we're really busy. And now that we're, most of us are quarantined at home, we're not getting in the activity that we normally would on a daily basis. So just being mindful of that. And that takes mm -hmm. up a lot of time. 
that can make a day go pretty quickly. Yes, definitely. Yes. So no, nobody else besides Jessica and I have pets? I have a dog and she's enjoying this um, quarantine. Um, she's great for getting out walking and sometimes she's the only person that or thing that I actually talk to. So it's been, oh. you know, during the day. She's a great conversationalist, I have to say. Yeah, and so Elizabeth, um, and with so many of us, um, the pets is the only thing we have. What are other ways are you dealing to cope with being quarantined without human interaction? Um, one of the, I'm learning to cook. Oh, and cool. I'm yes. very proud and excited about that. Um, <laughs> I have a sister who um, is a professionally trained chef. And so I was cooking shamed a little. And so I uh, decided that this would be a good time to start learning how to cook. And um, I bought an Instapot and I made my own Easter dinner. And um, so I'm, I'm getting a little more cooking savvy. Oh, wow. Yes. So the number five strategy is cooking. Yes, yes. And I'm kind of like Elizabeth, um, but she's probably done more advanced than I am. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> so so um, one of my clients knows how to cook. And, um, and I, I've been learning um, uh, about different techniques. And now that we're, who's going out anymore, right? I mean, you can't, all the restaurants are closed. And, and um, I've learned how to make things I never made before. And, and I'm, sometimes I'm going like, why am I, why am I going out? Why would I want to go out and spend tons of money on a meal I can make better at home? And um, I think it's really, it's a lot of fun. It's, it, yeah, it's fantastic. I love cooking. It's great. Good. Well, I have a to the baking. That's kind of been my weakness has been the baking. I get on Pinterest and try to find all types of recipes and then curbside my grocery list and pick it up and gives me more of a reason to work out as well. Are most of you doing curbside? Like put your orders in and then go and then you stay in your car and pick it up or? No, I, we're actually trying to cook, but um, <laughs> I mean to get your ingredients. Oh, to get your ingredients. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've done curbside and I've also um, had for shoppers. Oh, interesting. Hey, yeah. guys, um, in the chat, Vincent asks, what are some ways to stop ruminating and stop the negative thoughts? Any suggestions? Um, ruminating and stop the negative thoughts. A variety of things. Um, one of the things that um, I do is just kind of, number one, just be thankful. Mm -hmm. I think that that helps, gratitude. Um, another thing is to journal out the negative thought. Just vomit it up on paper? Vomit it up on paper, yes, yes, yes. And just let it all out because if you let it, let it out, then it's not stuck here. You know, where it just, ruminates and ruminates and ruminates I think, I think friendship, I think friendship uh, having somebody to talk to I mean a lot of rumination happens because, I mean your idea of getting it out on paper is fantastic um, but getting being able to work the point is to work it out feel it through and work it out and I think friends 
that's one reason for friends. I think for me, one of the things that I, I suggest to my clients, I'm very cognitive behavioral based. So, you know, recognizing that our thoughts have a great impact on how we feel and how we react to situations and just being really self-aware as to what thoughts are coming up for us and asking yourself, is this within my wheel of control? Is this something that I can control? And if I can, what can I do to help make it better? And if I cannot, how is this thought helping me? How is this changing the situation? Um, I think that that's really a big thing is getting to a place of being able to accept what's within our control and not and making that effort of just surrendering it and let and choosing to let it go, even if it means every five minutes, every, every minute of the day. Um, we talk about cognitive distortions a lot in therapy and a lot of people, and I include myself, I like to catastrophize and fortune tell. And so asking yourself, you know, those key questions of, am I thinking worst case scenario right now? Is this really my reality? And am I trying to think of what the future is going to hold when it's really not what's going, what is my reality at this moment? Yeah, and I was just thinking as you were saying that um, all of us have had probably some negative thoughts with what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's normal but it's what you do with those negative thoughts. And Jessica did mention the catastrophizing thinking and the fortune telling. And to me, I use my good old two words, stop it. Um, when I start to have those unhealthy thinking styles and processes, um, you know, that first they can be so subconscious, you don't realize you're doing it. But when you do, saying the words stop it to me it's like the on off button on a computer it gets my mind right back to where i am right now and like you saying dr brown you know being grateful reframing my thoughts um you know but just recognizing it and stopping it and then reframing mm -hmm. yeah and to go more into your reframing um and i know dr kelly uses the same thing in the sense of learning how to change the channel to something more positive. Yes. What were you going to say, David? I think that was you. Well, I see Dr. Kelly pulling a, a big book off the shelf there with gold leaf. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. I grabbed something off my shelf behind me. And um, because uh, there's actually um, some scripture and regardless of your belief system, whether or not you believe scripture is true or, or it's just a book, uh, there's some really great coping mechanisms from scripture. And one of the number one things is that you have to think truthful thoughts because thoughts become actions and actions become habits and habits become addictions and addictions become a way of life. So if you're going to tackle anything in your life, and I'm sure you guys will agree that you must you have to start in your thoughts. It's one of the reasons too, Jessica, I'm sure that you find that CBT is so successful. Cognitive behavioral therapy, dealing with people's thoughts. Um, and one of my favorite uh, scriptures has to do with whatsoever things are true, honest, of good report. Think on these things. Let your mind dwell on these things. But if it's not true and it's not honest and it's not of good report, then release it. Don't let it stick to you like Velcro. Uh, because we do have a choice what we're going to think about. We do have a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another great technique is, um, as we know, is grounding mindfulness. Because sometimes when you're listening to all that much news, which you should limit that, and that should be another topic. But yeah, sometimes it's just realizing, hey, I'm safe at this moment. I'm okay. 
yeah, but uh, being right. in the moment, you've got to use mindfulness. Um, and there's a lot of different versions of mindfulness. Definitely. Well, that's that's where I was going to go when you uh, you you prompted me a few minutes ago, and I thought we're not hearing about mindfulness, and I'm kind of surprised when we talk about anxiety and and um, uh, perseverating or what what was the word that uh, Vincent used? Um, um, ruminating. 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 That um, that mindfulness techniques, you know, and I was wondering, does anybody in our group? Um, have experience or use yoga, mindfulness, things like that. And I like what, when Kelly pulled out the Bible, I'm like, yes, something good is going to be in there. Um, and, I, and, you know, when, I, when we worry, we're worrying about what might happen, which isn't necessarily truth. That's not truth. That's what might happen. That's fantasy, you know, and f focusing on what's true rather than what's fantasy is certainly a help. I'm, I'm well, getting diffused. You know that, what? We, we yeah. don't really know what's going on. And that's the problem. And this is why we're susceptible to ruminate and to malinger and think these things because real talk here, it's scary. We don't know what's happening. It's like, okay, when is this going to open up? And then how is life going to be different after this? And I asked myself yesterday and I still don't have an answer. How am I going to be different? Uh-huh. I'm going to do some emotional work and answer that question over the next week, I hope. Right, right. right. I don't know. Right, exactly, because it is going to be a um, new norm. But there, yeah. are, there, are, um, there are websites, there are YouTubes, I think, that, you know, and I, I go to mindfulness um, music or, or meditation music, or, and, and I use um, something called neuro, uh, neurolinguistic programming or mindfulness to, you know, focus when I want to go to sleep, I need a nap before, you know, I, I'm seeing a, cl a client at four in the afternoon, I'm falling asleep by, by, by the end of the session if, if I don't have a nap first. And so I'm, I'm constantly doing things to get, I can get an eight minute nap, an eight minute nap, I can do that. But I have to, I have to train myself to do that. And it, and it requires turning off the rumination. And so it can be learned, the, the, the ability to turn off and become mindful, mindfulness part of it, it's part of it, but you can train the mind to turn off the rumination for a, a period of time. And, um, and that's something that can be pursued, that's something can, that can be learned. Okay, yeah, I think um, even Annette, um, she's on and she's talking about a guided meditation called Turn It Off. Um, and she says it's on doyogawithme.com and it's free. Um, and I'm not sure if Annette, you want to talk a little bit more about that, but that's a great thing. It's learning how to turn it off. Mm -hmm. It's um, actually, that's just really um, a great calming um, meditation. It's more of like a guided relaxing thing. Like just, and so you just focus on the voice or the instructions and you relax your body for instance, all the way down to your toes. And I always think that really helpful. Um, the other thing that I think is just an example of what some of you guys have been talking about, perhaps, is that um, but very effective for me because I do have that problem with my body. Annette, we can't hear you. Oh, no. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> That's better. That's better. Oh, my sound is so terrible on my computer. That's better, Annette. Okay. Um, the yoga thing is 
self-explanatory in the chat, what I wrote. I just wanted to add that um, um, to it, an example of maybe what you've been talking about is I stop my thoughts. The stop it is awesome. <laughs> um, I stop my thoughts, but then I, I go to like be present because that sounds really great, but it's how do you do that? I um, touch myself, I pat my thighs, I, you know, um, touch my cheekbones like this and push gently on them and things like that. And then I take a deep breath. And for me, I just say breath of life because I, that's our life. And our breath is one of our big life things. I take a deep breath and I, I say that to myself, but I ask myself what's real right now in this instant. Like, yes, we had food today, or yes, we, my, um, my family's fine, or, um, my dog didn't die because he's really old. <laughs> and I worry about him dying. Like, how's he going to die? And blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. So I come back to, well, he's fine. He's happy. He's good. You know, I just come back to that very exact second where I find myself when I catch myself doing that thinking. And, um, and I just focus on all the things that are actually real, like what you said, um, actually real and that I can count on and that are, um, not pretend or in the past or in the future or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much in that. Yes. It's about bringing itself to the present moment. Um, and another quick mindfulness technique that you're kind of even talking about um, is using your five senses. It's finding five things you can touch, four things you can hear, three things you can see, and two things that you can. Oh, five, four, three, two, one. Yes, exactly. You know, I would love to do yoga, but I'm as flexible as a piece of plywood. Uh -huh. So I just wish I could do it, though. I just don't know why yoga is so hard. Um, I, I, it's hard for me too. It's hard for me. But what I've realized, and I don't know, um, and this is maybe another coping strategy that I do, is I've learned to accept me for me and what I can do and what I can't do. Mm, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in yoga. It's not for me, but um, just because I'm not all that flexible, but there's other things I can do. I have another coping suggestion. <laughs> What's that? One of the things that... Um, we're created with memory, you know, and we're designed, we're equipped with memory. For the most part, we have all of our faculties. And I like to regress and I like to remember positive things. Like Dr. April Brown, one of my favorite memories with you is when I went to your house and I was visiting you and we sat in the chairs with our feet in the pool and we had one of the most amazing conversations. Right. So right now when I feel isolated, I don't even have a phone now, right now, you guys. I went kayaking and it took a skinny dip. Oh, no. I don't have a phone. So right okay. now it's my computer, my TV, just me. Yes. And I'm locked out of my Apple ID because stress impedes your ability to recall information. Yes. So you can't remember things because you're trapping all your air in, in your body, like in your rib cage. You need to breathe. Inhale through your nose, smell the roses, blow out the candles and try to get some oxygen through your brainstem and recall information. But I couldn't remember my Apple ID for the life of me and I got locked out. So right now I can't even do an insurance claim because I forgot my Apple ID. Yes. So what was the strategy? The strategy is to think, I switched into two, 
Okay, um, I'm sorry. One, to remember positive memories positive, yeah. about people that you enjoy spending time with. Okay. And then the and then um, to breathe. Remember to breathe. And everybody says that, and they write songs about it, but it really is true. But yes. to breathe properly, that deep inhale, smell the roses, and blow out the candle, um, you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And also, I want to thank um, Vincent. He put out there about this good book called The Mindful Christian by um, Dr. Irene Crago. Did I say it right? K-R-A-G-E-L. Yes. So, which is, Vincent, you're also mentioning another one, which um, is a good strategy for number nine is to read. Yes. How many of you guys are reading some good, good, good books? I listen to audio books. Okay. And uh, I've, I've done that for years and it's, it's amazing. The problem is that I've, I've always listened to them while driving. Oh, yeah. And now I'm not getting to hear them because I'm not driving. If I go out, I go out um, food shopping maybe once every 10 days and I don't do curbside. I probably should do curbside. But in between stores, I go to five different stores because different things at different stores. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, I mean, that's, and I'm, I'm, I love audiobooks. I mean, it's fantastic. And, um, Okay, is anyone else reading anything in particular? No? I, I read Proverbs. Okay. I, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and yes. so there's 31 days in a month, and so today was the 21st, so I read Proverbs chapter 21. Okay. It's all I have in me. I used to love doing exegetical research and delving into it. I can't. Mm -hmm. I have, what I have within me is to start my day with one proverb, right. they're just like they're just like fortune cookies, but you know those little pieces of truth, and that's what I do. But I don't have anything else in me. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Um, the only thing I'm kind of really, I mean, I did the proverbs this morning, um, but the only other thing that I'm reading is learning a new language. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think learning a new skill, which can be um, another um, coping skill, is number ten. Is that learning a new skill because then that helps keeps you busy and so, so you're learning a language yeah yeah i can't which one i'm curious <laughs> dutch because um kuhn is my husband is is from belgium uh, so, yeah. yes 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 but i'm really just basically learning just using one of these apps can't even say um <laughs> a basic word right now but <laughs> you said kuhn <laughs> <laughs> the point is that it's keeping my mind busy. Yeah. Yes. I, I, um, I've been doing this for a couple of years and I'm doing it now a little bit more, but this is inside this cover. This is my, uh, this is my father's Bible. He died, I think 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I inherited his Bible and he just marked it all up. He's one of those guys would sit in a sermon and he'd like write all over the, in the margin of the pages and stuff. So what I've done is I've taken a journal and I, and I read sometimes just a verse or two and I notice what my dad wrote in it. 
you know, what, mm. what, whether he circled the verse or underlined a phrase or wrote something in the margin. And, um, and because I know him, I know sort of his prejudices and his political thinking and what he taught me about um, faith and whatnot. And so I'm, I, can, I can sort of see what he was thinking as he went through that. So I'm sort of, I'm processing so much, you know, right. not just scripture, but also the people who I love or that I know. And, and um, it makes it really a very interesting thing to do if you have a, have a parent or, a, um, you know, something from your past, way in your past, uh, that you can look at and uh, go over and, and reprocess. Because that's what we do in counseling. Right. We go like, we, you know, what hurts you? What, where's your stuff coming from? And let's look at that. And so right. I think it's healthy and it's good. Right. I'm curious, um, because that's a great thing that you said about the Bible and that was, it was his. Has any of you found any new treasures in your house? Bible as well. She um, has a lot of highlighted points in there. Okay. Poems, and um, and she she wrote little things of you know for me and my kids. And I go back and I'm reading you know little notes and prayers that she had for us there. And I mean things from like when they were little tiny kids and they're you know they're they're grown ups. You know that April. Right. So you know it's just. It's just so interesting to go back and, and read all the stuff that she wrote in the Bible. And, and um, you know, she kind of used it all like as a journal. Mm -hmm. so very, it's very soothing to me. And it's the same thing, David. I lost my mom five years ago. So I'm still, it's still a struggle, but it, it's, it's comforting, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, thank you guys for sharing. Yeah, definitely um, finding things that your parents have treasured is um, a great thing to look at and to remembering. Of course, through all of this, um, prayer is, is uh, great and an awesome coping thing that um, I think all of us need. Um, you know, there is a unique balance. Uh -huh. um, I myself, we've all, well, so far, a couple of us have mentioned um, losing somebody. Right. And I was too busy to really grieve uh, during my sister Melinda's death. She died in 2012, and I was in the middle of my doctoral studies. And I think maybe I wasn't too busy. I just didn't want to emote, and it was just too hard. So I've actually been taking some of this time, and you have to be careful. We have to be careful um, how many things we open up because exactly. we don't want to overwhelm ourselves. But I felt like I was in a good space to do some grief work mm. in the last couple of weeks. And anybody that really knows me, I lost my twin brother, I lost my mother, my father, grandparents. I mean, death has really um, been way too close to me. And, but I thought, you know, I'm going to do some emotional work. And I did. So I, or another coping mechanism is you have to feel to heal. So if we are going to um, address some of these feelings, um, we can have some deeper healing, but it scared me guys. It really did. I did not want to do grief work, but what else am I going to do? I'm basically here alone with a plant. I just planted. Yeah. And so, um, I encourage <laughs> you to do that, but be wise. You don't want to open too many doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Kelly, I have that question for you because a lot of us are 
grieving a variety of things, whether it's um, the loss of someone or it's the loss of a job or the loss of freedom or, um, you know, whether you're supposed to graduate this year, loss of, you know, getting together with your friends. How do you just simplify and do just um, some grief work one-on-one -on -one with yourself? Um, what it looks like is being willing to say out loud that, you know, I'm in pain. I miss you. Like have a conversation with them. I mean, I don't grieve as one that doesn't have hope. I truly believe that um, I will see my twin brother again, but it's just been so long. So I have this conversation like with him and I try to imagine what Tommy would be like today. Right. And, and then I, I'm, you know, so I, I'm willing to, to look at it. I'm willing to cry. Right. And for years, I wouldn't do that. I thought I had to be strong. Okay. And now I know that even by crying and acknowledging, you know, I'm in pain and I miss him. Mm -hmm. um, that's a part of the healing as well. Mm. So it's the acknowledging and acceptance. Yeah, my life is different without my twin brother. And it's okay. Right, right, right. right. Does anyone else have any um, suggestions on, because we're all in some aspects grieving. And we'll have to continue to grieve to a variety of different things because of what's going on. Yeah. I, I, uh, somebody, um, somebody sent me a message on Facebook and it was, uh, you may have seen this in, um, from your European connections, but the Rotterdam Philharmonic did a piece for COVID-19 and, and these are all professional musicians in their homes and everybody's playing their part in their home. And then somebody mixed it and made a beautiful, you know, piece they did uh, Ode to Joy. And then that finished on YouTube, uh, on YouTube or, or Facebook, whatever it was. And it goes to the next YouTube video and it was the New York Philharmonic. And they did the same thing to, with Bolero. And so every musician in their home, and they dedicate it to the healthcare workers of New York, or actually everywhere. And um, I found myself for about two hours in tears. And I was like, grieving? I don't know. I think I was grateful. I was, I was you know, I was um, really moved. The music was that good. And then on top of that, that these people are giving this as a gift. And that even though they can't, meet and practice together in a concert hall they're doing it through zoom basically yeah. and um and just grateful for all that we have in the midst of this horrendous pandemic it's, it's like the plague in europe and whatever the plague hit europe i don't know what year that is but you know this is this is the most significant worldwide event in our lifetime mm -hmm. in many ways ever i mean ever. even the world war ii's involves not every country this is like i mean do you know of a country that's not affected by this right and so okay. i'm i'm taking all this in i'm reasoning feeling we're feeling through and, and i'm in tears literally i think i spent four hours because i generated my own facebook post about it and and four parts and i'm like 
I, I'm astounded, absolutely just moved and astounded by what's going on. That's How did it good. feel to cry, David? How well, did I cry. You cry? Sweet. Oh, you're. Always, so, I, I get tearful, but I don't get. I, I'm not. I don't cry because of sadness. I cry because of grateful, gratefulness, sweetness. When I see, see things that are sweet and really feel them, I'm just. Great. Is anybody grieving um, not having a relationship? Um, I have found myself kind of, I have to be careful to not kick myself. I should have done more work. I should have worked harder on that relationship. I mean, like I wouldn't be alone right now. And then I grab myself by, by the shoulders and shake myself and say, think right thoughts. Your <laughs> okay. ex is for a reason. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> two, two things that, um, that even just reminds me, and that's what he was saying. One thing was crying. Yeah. Crying um, is another good coping skill. Sometimes it's yeah. best just to just let it out. It's just to cry. Yes. And so, like you said, even with the grief or with um, uh, excess is crying over them, saying goodbye, writing goodbye letters, you know, saying goodbye to people that um, maybe weren't the best for you. Yeah, yeah. One of the other things that David mentioned that I thought was also another great strategy was music. Mm -hmm. Did anybody watch that global one the other night with uh, Lady Gaga, uh, Andre, yes. Lady Gaga, and Celine Dion, and then the pianist? Oh Holy cow, was that, was that finale amazing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you dance a little? Do you guys dance with the music? No. <laughs> I danced like plywood, but I definitely rewound it and watched it three times. I didn't even know that was Lady Gaga. Yeah. I didn't recognize her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think music um, makes us feel connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it comes, you know, there's research on how it does de-escalate people's heart. Even in, um, I can't remember which book, but David would play the harp when King Saul was in his um, big old, you know, bad mood. And I think that he certainly had some mental health issues, King Saul. <laughs> yeah. And then David would play the harp, you know. Yes. And Call so, him. yeah, we do have a choice as to what we're going to listen to. Yeah. And going into what we listen to, I... I I definitely am a big believer that if we don't have, we're not filling ourselves with anything positive, we're not going to be able to produce positivity. So going into even the music, one thing that I do enjoy um, is I may not be much of a reader. I used to love reading, but I think grad school just wore me out. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Um, so I do podcasts. I love podcasts. I don't know if you if you're familiar with podcasts. And every phone, I know iPhones automatically has the podcast app, Samsung or Android. I think you just have to search it. Right. It's a whole world of learning and for people that are struggling with anxiety, there's podcasts regarding anxiety, podcasts on if you're wanting to learn to cook or on financial um, how to become financially savvy. There's just all types of information on there and that's something that I really enjoy um tapping into and just being able to explore based off of my interests or what I feel like listening to that day yeah um definitely because kind of um listening to the news all day is very very depressing 
and it's not something that is healthy to do. So um, it's good, like you said, either to do the podcast, listen to music, you know, to listen to a variety of other things. I, uh, I'm wondering, I'd written this down as a, as a coping mechanism, but I'd love to hear from the people that are in the conference here, maybe people that haven't spoken yet. You know, how, I think creating something, being creative or expressing yourself in any fashion is good. And it could be, it could be singing, dancing, journaling, painting, photography, um, uh, hobbies, crafts, um, even, I don't know, I'm, I'm wondering, is anybody out there doing things that are creative during, you know, creating something, expressing, it's not just creativity, it's expressing what's in you. Okay. So David is asking um, as another, another strategy is that um, if any of you guys have created anything. Anybody in the room? He's created and, something uh, different. And let us know something new. Account. Or, or ex not just create, but also expressing yourself. Journaling, <laughs> journaling, gardening, cooking. We talked about cooking. Mm -hmm. Christy B says that she's rearrange she rearranging a room. Mm. Love that. Yes, decorating. Yes. Mm -hmm. See what I'm holding up? Um, this actually was given to me three Christmases ago. This right here is a point. I'm going to do this, you guys. I was I read the directions when I got this three years ago, and I said not happening. There's seeds in here, and all I have to and then there's there's literally, it takes three or four months to grow a poinsettia. There's wow. so many steps. I have to put it in, in a, a little bit of water and then a paper towel, put it in my refrigerator for a whole month. And then et cetera, et cetera. There's all kinds of things. And I thought, well, I'm going to have a poinsettia this Christmas. Because <laughs> yes. I now have time to do this. Yes, yes. Which mentions, which goes to um, the other, another one is, of course, gardening. Yes. Yes, have any of you guys started to gardening or to plant food, vegetables? Um, I know the soil here in Florida is a little different. <laughs> Not that, oh, how about this? How many of you now know your neighbors and you didn't before? Mm. I'm very sanguine and outgoing and people think I know everybody. Not right. true at home. That's like, and um, I now know my neighbors. Mm. Yes, yes. I've met more people because I'm walking outside. Is that kind of the same thing with you? Um, yeah. I was invited to a couple happy hours. Okay. Everybody okay. sits on the lawn by the lake and about six to 12 feet apart and then they, they talk. And uh, unfortunately, there's not enough happiness, but <laughs> I was invited. I'm like, ah, I think I need a happy hour. Let's like, I do my best, but it's just, um, I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I'll go back. I'll give it a shot again. But. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good. Have any of you guys done um, a Zoom party yet? Like you invite a lot of your friends on at the same time and you guys either have spaghetti all at once, you know, or some kind of meal and drink and just talk and music. Because that's another strategy. No one's done a Zoom party or Zoom game. Because I know my, my sister, um, She's a college student, as I mentioned, and she 
I walked in and she was just laughing one Saturday night. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you watching? And she goes, well, my, one of my friends decided to do a Facebook live party and he had music blasting. He created, he made his room into a, a whole DJ station. And it was just, you know, I, I even saw messages from kid, from student, um, kids saying, or um, saying, you know, this made my night, this made my day. Um, you should do it more often. So yeah. there are different that people are using to be able to connect. So Facebook, I know a lot of people are on. And so that could be a way. Okay. I saw that Annette said the gardening. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to go back and revisit that. Um, because digging in the earth is very, very therapeutic. Um, I think she mentioned something about gardening. Yes. She well, I think something even more interesting here in, in Annette's comment on the chat um, about people who are still working. And um, I think the people who are coping, you know, they're not on this meeting, they're, they're probably sleeping if they can. People that are working in healthcare and mm. seeing, and I think every city is different. Some, and every service is different. If you're treating something that's not COVID related, you may be very slow. And if you're treating COVID, you may be highly stressed. But um, the people that are working, I, when I go into um, Costco, I love Costco. I love the people. I've been going there for, I don't know, 20 years. And it's the same faces, 15, 20 years of, of working in that store. I know the people by name, half of them. And, and it's like, I go in, I'm like, thank you for being here. Thank mm -hmm. you for working. Thank you mm -hmm. for, you know, showing up every day. And they've been doing that for 20 years. And I'm, yeah, I'm just, are you, I love are you, um, buying a bunch of stuff like are you fine like uh let's go to um i know that for every coping mechanism we have the alternative like for example like um about buying too much stuff i'm not talking about food like you're a hoarder david i'm talking about like how is everybody doing with that i was in costco just yesterday trying to find a phone and i was tempted i just walked around i said hold yourself back hold yourself back don't buy everything you don't need everything don't be a like, don't be that person who's buying things that you don't need, Kel, just to feel good for a moment. And I really um, am not that person, but I, I was tempted to. So I think that I coped with that temptation by reminding myself what I really did need and being grateful for the fact that I didn't need more. I, I've been trying to do that for 20 years in Costco. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need 500 batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. And then I, I hopefully we answered your your question or your concern, but um, like David was saying, those people that are still working, um, and maybe they only get a few days off. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and they're coping with things that are a little bit different in the sense that um, when they're at work, you know, they're always um, having to be high alert. You know what I'm saying? I have to check everything, making sure that I'm safe. The person I'm dealing with is safe. You know, we don't enter. Yes. And also, I know this sound, might sound a little petty, but or no, lean in. Oh, lean in so we can hear. Might sound a little small, but um, I, I just, I, I feel deeply 
everything. So I'm sort of super empathic that way. But um, for those who are like me, um, I just want to be like, well, maybe it's normal. I want to be like everybody else. So I'm not on lockdown. So I feel guilty. I feel like I'm doing something wrong and I'm not. Um, I'm working at an essential business and I'm having a great time gardening until now. But um, I also like, I go into the grocery store, I go into Publix. Um, I had, um, until recently I had to get water um, at the Publix machine and I've had the Publix workers and I don't really blame them, but they, they look at me kind of mad, like, what are you doing here? Go home, you know, and someone has to do the shopping and I don't have the extra money for it to be dropped off at my house right. or something like that. And I'm, we're bumping along financially. And there's like a lot of stress for me in that I'm not sitting at home. I'm an introvert. I would love, love to sit at home <laughs> and be locked down. Um, but there's a, a lot of insidious little issues I think people have to deal with when they're out there walking around and not being on lockdown, you know? And also I wanted to go back real quick and then I'll, I'll stop. I wanted to go back to the feeling, um, the grieving, um, just in case some of the other people who are listening feel deeply and feel the collective like I do, um, the sort of like everybody that's out there, um, to recognize that um, I'm feeling a lot of burden from everyone else's pain and sorrow and struggle mm. that I can grieve that too with them and almost for them. Like, it's okay. I'm a crier. I can cry. I can let it go. But to pretend like it's not happening doesn't help me. Mm -hmm. So just to acknowledge that that's actually a thing for very sensitive people, you right. know, and um, you can get compassion so. fatigue. So anyway, thanks. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. Kelly, what were you saying? I was saying that it's true. You can get compassion fatigue. So one way that you can cope because you're um, helping other people is to have good boundaries. And that means that it doesn't mean that we don't have to listen to people. We're going to listen to people, but if they start to cycle through and they're escalating, we can set a boundary and say, you know, after 15 minutes, let's say we have a family member that is just, they can drain us. They could stress out the Pope, if you will. And that one family member just drains you. You could say, you know what? I'm still going to have a conversation with them, but I'm going to cope with this by having the strategy of a boundary, which means I won't start my day with a conversation with this person and I won't end my day with a conversation with this person because it escalates me. So you set that boundary in place and say, I'll cope with this by having a boundary of only so many minutes and certain times of the day that you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was, thank you for sharing that. And I was also thinking um, one of the terms she used, which we haven't talked about, is that feeling of guilt. Yeah. 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 Does um, anybody feel guilty for being healthy? Feeling guilty for being healthy, guilty for being home, guilty for being out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, just guilty for a lot of things, yeah. Yeah, what are you guys dealing with um, in this sense? And when you see those stories of people um, that don't have food. My gosh, I know. I mean, I've been watching all that, yes. Yeah. I feel guilt over having a stimulus check. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, I'm like, what? <laughs> so I haven't even touched that. I don't know what to do with it. You're like, what? I have a few ideas. Yes. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's false guilt. 
So I guess a coping strategy would be able to identify what is real guilt and mm -hmm. what is false guilt. Right. So in that case, to feel um, guilty for being healthy, that's false guilt. That's right. some, a blessing. Right. You are blessed with good health. And right. so um, I'm not sure. What do you think, Jessica? I think for me, the word that keeps popping up is self-compassion. I think that a lot of us need to, especially during this time, not only be empathetic towards others, but also empathetic with ourselves, which is something okay. that really can be very difficult. And so just taking that moment to take a step back and asking yourself, would I want someone that I care deeply, deeply about to feel guilty? Would I put that shame and that guilt on them as well? And if it's the answer is no, which oftentimes it is going to be no, it's then asking yourself, okay, so then why can't I do that with my, with myself? Um, one thing that I just think one strategy that I like using with my clients is, um, words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So having, taking that, that thought that's creating that guilt and on an index card or somewhere that you can have easy access to see every day, saying that affirmation to yourself to counteract that thought daily until once again, putting in positivity so that you're producing positivity. And so it leaves room, less room for any negative thinking. Yes, and I love that strategy of affirmations. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a believer that we listen to ourselves more than anybody else. So what I've done with my affirmations, I've recorded them so I can play them. So when those negative thoughts or when you're ruminating or feeling guilty, I will put on my affirmations. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy. Um, and hopefully that um, can help other people, definitely. And one thing also about um, feeling of guilt is sometimes it's just doing action. There are a lot of causes out there that we can help out with, um, even if it's just um, praying or reading the Bible or praying for those people or donating money or donating services or a variety of things that, that can help. Does anyone know of any good people that are interested in being able to help? Um, what are some ways that we can help take it into that we're limited with being able to go out and maybe volunteer and stuff like that? Mm, I know one, but they was, um, when I signed up, and this was in New York, they were looking for counselors to help out. But um, you, of course, have to have a New York license. They took all those volunteers. <laughs> but yeah. Has anyone seen any other volunteer things? Of um, for over the internet, you mean? Over the internet or just just things that, that you see out there? Some people are making masks. I know that's one mm -hmm. thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I think Cape Coral also just opened a, at least here in this area, a um, animal shelter, if I'm not mistaken, and I was seeing that I think they're, they've had a few people volunteer to host some of the animals, and some are actually adopting. Yeah, okay. That's great. Oh, good. Helping walk somebody's animal. Mm hmm Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a win-win to help somebody else, and then you get to be with an animal, and mm -hmm. somebody asked if I would foster an animal. But I, I'm afraid to foster anything. I'll get so attached, and then mm -hmm. my life will go back to the busyness. And 
uh, right. like abandoned them emotionally or something. Mm -hmm. But that's and just my fear. Once again, we have fears. Right. Um, it's always right to do the, the right thing. Mm -hmm. And Vincent mentioned, um, and what she mentioned, I'm not sure even earlier, I should have talked about um, doing uh, Bible studies on, on Zoom meetings. But he also mentioned a good strategy of giving food to the local agencies and churches. And even I think um, in some of the grocery stores, such as Publix, many times you can donate extra money or, or groceries. Yes, Vincent, so that's it, definitely. Vincent just said to call people that you know are alone. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's, some, that's a strategy that I've been really really trying to work on is because um, I can get so busy that I just forget about people not just not connect with people as much as I need to so every week I've been trying to do two or three people that I haven't heard from in a long time calling family members and friends and and stuff yeah and just picking up the phone um I wanted to I, I just before I came here to this meeting I just had another session with a client I've been working with for a long, long time. And I asked her, I said, how are you coping? And what occurred to me is, you know, we talked, we met a week ago and talked about this meeting and we kind of threw out some ideas on how we cope with uh, uh, social distancing, shelter at home. And a lot of us, you know, we're not, we're, we find ourselves at home with more time. We're getting bored and so we're doing, we're, we're calling friends we're, we're finding new hobbies, we're reading books because we're filling our time. But my client is a mother of five and she's oh, homeschooling. Wow, wow. that's homeschooling. a lot. Yeah, and I'm like, she, I said, you don't need some, I said, we're gonna have a meeting in half an hour. Do you wanna come to the meeting? I don't need anything more to do. I don't need to fill my time. My, my time now, you know, kids are home from public school Right. And their parents all have a, she called it uh, education dojo. Dojo is like a Zen master, right? Yeah. And there all these parents have expectations and they're supposed to get through this work every day at home with their kids. And most people are getting about 25% done and feeling guilty because they're not getting it all done. And, um, so she told me something. She said, she says, yesterday was hell because of conflict between her and her one of her children. Mm -hmm. And she says, today I got up and I spent a half an hour. And she says, I declared the day. And what does that mean? She said, it's going to be a good day. Mm -hmm. And she took half an hour to collect her thoughts, get feel through her stuff. And she said, I'm not going to do what I did yesterday. And she went to this, this child who doesn't like to be pushed and mom's trying to push her. And she says, and I said, what happened? She says, I was softer. We talked for about 10 more minutes and she came back. She says, I had compassion. And Jessica mentioned that a few minutes ago. She talked about having compassion. Right. And I think Annette talked about compassion, her, her compassion for, you know, the feeling of guilt that I'm doing something others don't get to do is really compassion for those other people. And, and I really, um, I'm gonna tie this together, but it's a three point whammy, I think. But I went, I have this Chinese restaurant I go to, I really like it. I get a, I get a, a fortune four years ago. And it said, if you wanna be happy, live from your heart. 
and you know feel it through and live from your heart go ahead and have compassion instead of feeling guilty about i get to do things other people don't get to do it's i think you can really bring that back to its origin which is compassion right it's not about what i'm doing it's about what about my friends what about these other people of strangers that i meet you know i can have compassion for those people and it's a much better thing to have than guilt you don't need the guilt you haven't done anything wrong but it's plenty fine to go ahead and have compassion and um and i i this in this i was talking to my client and, and she's like totally happy and smiling because she is living out her compassion rather than having struggles and fights and power struggles and everything else. You don't need that. Just go ahead and love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the just, things that I was thinking about as you're saying, it's just having that self-compassion and thinking about that um, woman with the five children. Another coping strategy is having the self-compassion and just sitting there being okay, just to sit, to do nothing. And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. And not feeling guilty about doing. Mm-hmm. Well, she yeah. took a half an hour just of really just being yeah, just quiet being and let, yeah. It, let, it, let it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think that boils down to, to self-care, that we need to make sure that we are um, taking care of ourselves. And, um, you know, if it's being compassionate and, and, and you know, I'm going to p- play off what you said, David, don't forget to tell people that you love them. Um, you know, we can be compassionate and we can show love, but I do feel that it's important to tell people that too. Um, say it out loud so that they know. Um, and, and also love yourself. Um, because we, you know, a lot of times it's hard to, to, to love others if we don't even like ourselves. And so to be the same way with ourselves, like you said, have compassion. Don't feel guilty if you're just sitting there doing nothing, because that could be your self-care. That could be the way that you regenerate so that you can be compassionate and helpful to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, we, I- we have an opportunity. Um, you're familiar with uh, Chapman's five love languages. Uh, time, words of affirmation, touch, gifts, and acts of service. So for those of us who has love, our love language, our primary love language is time. We're not getting time with people. And if it's touch, we're not getting to touch people. I, you know, like haven't had a hug in, I don't know, six weeks. uh, Kelly, Kelly, let's stop here. Let's give each, everybody a hug. Just uh, give yourself a hug. Just go and hug. Love you guys. Pat that back. <laughs> oh, Sean, you're good. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we have an opportunity so to love outside of our love language. Right. And say, you know what? I am not a words of affirmation person. I don't show love through words of affirmation. Well, you know what? You're forced to. And for some people, you may actually, it may uh, be an impetus to a closer rela- relationship with them because you're speaking to them in their love language. Uh-huh. And and so uh, we're elasticizing those. Um, you're, you get the point. So yeah, I can't wait till this is over and I get some hugs. Be ready. <laughs>
But yeah, definitely starting off, and I think that was like um, a great way of, of that strategy of love and self-compassion. Yeah. Giving to others, and that's what we give to ourselves, definitely. Yes. Yeah, and I think that was, um, I'm not sure if that was our 19th strategy, or, or just... Combo. <laughs> we can make it it. We can close it off with self-love. Okay. Does anyone else have any um, other strategies or things that they would like to share? I wrote something down. It's, it's not easy to do, and and uh, but I think it it can be easy if we learn how to do it. I think it's like riding a bike. You learn finally learn how to do it. You got it. But take time and learn how to develop a conversation with God whatever your God is, whatever your faith is, even if you're agnostic or atheist, you're, you, a conversation between you and whatever is out there. And it's hard to conceive of it. Even for people who claim to be believers, it's still hard to figure out, you know, what God, who is this invisible God or for an atheist, a non-existent God, what, what, I think you can develop a conversation, you know, between yourself and whatever it is that you believe or don't believe, even if it's a vacuum out there. I still think that you, that the, the great philosophers and the, the, um, have the ability to create a conversation, an inner conversation. And taking time and paying attention to that and focusing on it and, and developing that is something you can do. Mm-hmm. How that's done, I, I think there's YouTube videos. I'm just, I'm, last night I'm watching Jordan Peterson. And um, there's numerous people out there who, will, who give hour-long lectures and they're all on YouTube. And whatever your interest is, you can go there and, and, and find these inspirations inspirations and let them develop take time to develop your inner conversation right and i think um for most people they may struggle in having that conversation talking with the inside the i call it the holy spirit that's inside of us um struggle and letting it out and talking at it but a lot of us have a hard time listening which means goes back to the other aspect of just having that quiet moment, sitting still, and then just listening to what that inner voice is saying to you. Because that is definitely um, the self-compassion, the self-love, is hearing what our insides are saying to us, what our soul is saying to us, what our soul that protects us is saying and helping us make decisions and stuff. So I definitely agree with you. It's having that conversation back and forth but truly but, to listen. but i think it's okay i, I was a few minutes ago I was, I was imagining i love kelly's honesty i just mm-hmm. total open spirit there and she says i could imagine um we were talking about having compassion for everybody else and then elizabeth brought up self-care and 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 i could just imagine i was feeling myself what what, what happens when i reach the end of my rope and I'm supposed to have compassion and I got nothing left. Is it okay to just say, I got nothing left? And I thought of Kelly, I can just see Kelly going, 
And it's just the way I see you, Kelly. It's, 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 I've had it. I'm, I'm cooked. <laughs> Put a fork in me, I'm done. You know, I mean, I could just see you being that honest and it'd be okay with it. And, and we don't, you know, being, being able to do that and not be embarrassed and not feel obligated to do the next thing for somebody else. Cause I'm cooked. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where I, if I start my conversation with God, right. my higher power or the great beyond, whatever it is, it, in order for me to listen, and I don't know how to listen, I can, I can pour out my heart, exhaust that, and, and then he, listen. He can contain it. I think about people that are struggling in their faith right now because they've lost somebody or they don't understand yeah. God. And it does remind me of after my mother passed away. And I didn't think that God was a good God. And I always thought I was God's favorite. I mean, I was eight years old when I first heard that Jesus loved me. And I was like, what? Somebody loves me? I'd never heard the words love in a sentence before. But I believed it. I knew I was a little sinner too. But anyway, but the point is, is that when my mother and I had a very close relationship with my Savior for most of my life, but when my mother died in such a tragic, horrific way, and I was alone with her, I did not think God was good. And so what do we do? What do we do right now when our faith is faltering and we don't believe that God is good? So everybody's going to be different. But one thing I do know is that he still is good and we may not understand what's happening and it's okay. So I do think a coping strategy to probably maybe exceed 19 is to say, it's okay to doubt God, to question God. I think he can handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. And and I was just thinking when you say, what do most people do? I think most people stop having that conversation, stop talking. And that's dangerous. Because and that's dangerous, that yeah. Turn, it can turn to bitterness because hurt turns to anger. Right. And that's okay. You can be angry and that's okay. Be right. angry and sin not. But when you don't and the hurt turns to anger and anger turns to bitterness, then that begins to affect your health. And exactly. then bitterness turns, you know, it, there's a progression. Right. And I think because um, he's the ultimate father, ultimate father. And as a parent myself, when your child is angry, you want them to talk to you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You want to have that debate and argument and that kind of stuff. And that's what he wants. So he can show his greatness and its love and understanding. Yes. Yeah. Dr. How are you going to say anything else? I'm just... I think we're gonna cry. <laughs> That's, That's a good coping skill, remember? We talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Well, has there been any other coping skills that we want to discuss? So we've got 19, which is was the last one, which was great, which is self-compassion, conversations with God, prayer. Just yeah, being, Vincent yeah. says humor. Yeah. You're right on. Oh, in humor, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, in humor, yes, definitely, yes. Humor is um, a great stress reliever because it, it allows you to smile and laugh and just it feels good. All the endorphins. And all the endorphins, yes. 
Well, I would like to thank everyone so much for being on this um, podcast. Well, this podcast, this live show. Yes. Um, thank you all for participating. Um, if you need any information, feel free to contact us. We're at Cape Coral Therapist. Um, and I'd like to thank especially Dr. David Hall. David, do you want to say anything? I'm good. Okay. All right. Thanks for sharing. Um, Dr. Kelly, I'd like to thank you also. Is there any last okay. words you have to say? No, thank you for spending time with me. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Elizabeth, um, Martin, thank you for so much for sharing all your stuff. And if there's anything you wanted to say. Just, I'd like to thank everyone that uh, participated and, and tuned in today. I think that um, it, was, it means a lot that people are interested in what you know, they can do to help themselves. Yes. So thank all of you as well that participated in, and that are on this webinar. Okay, thank you. And I'd like to thank my co-host, Jessica. She's the one who's been doing this slide and talking. Um, Jessica, is there anything else that you would like to say? I just want to come in with everyone else's words, just thanking everyone to take, for taking out the time to come in and, and learn a little bit about how we can continue to all cope through this process. I know that I've definitely taken a lot out of this, um, this talk that we've had, and I just wish everyone the best and that everyone continue to check in with themselves. Okay, amen. Thank you guys so much, and thank you all for um, checking in and participating, all our guests and stuff. And thank you all for sharing. It was a blessing. And um, hopefully we'll be I have a question. Okay. Um, yes. So this was recorded. So where will where will people be able to view this? Okay. So it's recorded. I will actually have it on um, Facebook, on my Facebook of Cape Coral Therapist. And also on um, my um, YouTube channel. And so those are public, so that's great. Those Thank are public, you. And yes, and if anyone has any questions and stuff, they can email me at info at draprilbrown.com or call us at 239-565-6921. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Wax on, wax off. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Humor. It's good. Humor, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>